Facts are like, tune into our live podcast talk show, The Four Opinions, every Saturday at 8 a.m. on 89.9 KMOJ with your host, on-air personality, creator and CEO, Tiffany Love, featuring the legendary Walter Q. Bear Banks with empowerment life coach, L.R. Wilson, Mr. Thomas Berry, and Tamiko Charmaine, a.k.a. The Fabulous One. The intro changed. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome good morning. to the Four Opinions. Good morning, good morning. We're excited to be here this morning. Happy pre-Father's Day to everyone. Happy thank pre-Father's you, Day. So we got some guests up in here. We got David Jones, Shaka P. Chevrolet. You got a post. Mr. Jones. <laughs> you got a post. You got a check stub. You got, okay. <laughs> then we got Terry Austin. If you the other man instead of brother man, you have paid too much. Come right. on, Mr. Jones. <laughs> we got Terry Austin in the building. Also, Tito Wilson. Hey, Mr. Austin. Mr. Wilson. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thomas Berry in the building. Glenn Golden. Shout out Paris. to all the fathers. Uh, today. It's so special. We invited you all here because, you know what, I, we've been watching you um, throughout this time. That I've been knowing you guys, and as brothers, black men, strong black men, I appreciate you so much of being fathers and, um, you know, just watching everything you do for the community, watching everything that you do for your children. So I wanted to invite you, you guys here today. We're going to talk about the importance of fatherhood. We're going to kind of dig in deep, you know. You guys can introduce yourself, you know, let us know how, how many kids you have and, you know, you know, brag about your kids for a minute, and then we'll take it from there, okay? Sounds good. Uh, Terry Austin, I've been here in Minneapolis for 21 years now. I have two beautiful daughters my oldest is Alyssa, um, and my youngest just graduated from high school. Her name is Taryn from Armstrong High School. She'll be attending the University of Minnesota, and she wants to study to be a dentist. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. I got, I got my own money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for having us here. Um, four opinions. We really appreciate you all. Um, <clears throat> my name is Tito Wilson, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm right here, north side, Minneapolis, Wilson's Image, barbers and stylists. Uh, but I have I have four children. I have one son who's 31 and uh, three daughters, 24-year-old, 23-year-old, and uh, eight, well, about to be 18, 17-year-old uh, birthday coming up next month. Oh, um, she a Leo. <clears throat> Yeah, well, is she? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, she just graduated high school like two weeks ago. So um, happy for her. Congrats. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, here we are. Yeah. And uh, I'm David Jones, and I've been here in the Twin Cities now, wow, 32 years. Wow. 32 years. I still remember buying that one-way bus ticket and telling people I was never coming back. Hey. So. Here I sit, but yeah. then I got caught in a snowstorm, and I was like, as soon as I can dig my way out of here, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> so, Not to stay, and I'm glad that I did because I got the opportunity to meet all these beautiful people sitting here at this table. I know each and every one of you individually, so it is a blessing and an honor to be in your presence today. Um, I am the father of seven. Ooh. Let me explain to you how that works. How that works. I'm so glad that we're here to speak about fatherhood because I have a blended family. Mm-hmm. So father doesn't necessarily mean biological, understand? So with that being said, I have four biological children of my own. Um, my oldest is 40. 
um, she blessed me with a now 19-year-old granddaughter who is a freshman, soon to be sophomore, at Georgia State University who maintains hey. a 4.1 GPA. She's Ow. from the National Honor Society. Um, she's a monster. She's a monster. And then, you know, of course, my other three sons, and um, I also have two twin daughters and an eldest son as well. Now, I'm at the stage in my life where I am Papa now. Papa. <laughs> that is the joy of my life. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I don't know how to tell them no. Right. It's <laughs> not in my vocabulary to do so. Right. And I spoil them rotten and then drop them back off. Yeah. Perfect example, my grandson, who just graduated. Of course, he's a member of the National Honor Society, just graduated eighth grade. Okay. He maintains a 4.1 GPA, but we had a little slip at graduation. He'll be all right. He was upset that he decided he, he, he could cruise, so. That's a teaching point for him. My youngest, well, my middle granddaughter just graduated fifth grade. She's going to middle school. And then, of course, the people who you always see me with, the little bitty people, mm-hmm. those are the ones that bring me the most joy ever. My snuggle bunny and my glow one. Right. We right. always <laughs> roll. Right. We at it. So um, I have a total of nine grandchildren. Wow. Nine. And, 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 and I consistently fill that gap for them. Yeah. So I'm always there. Always. Yeah. Papa's going to always be there until Papa can't be there no more. Yes. So, Big, That's a lot about Big me. Papa. <laughs> yes, and, see, and, yes, and Thomas, I know you got kids. You want to introduce your babies? Thomas got a TB3. <laughs> well, no, certainly, you know, I, I don't even really talk about my children much. Um, but shout out to Rondé Raiden and Radiance. Um, my son, Rondé, is heading into law school at St. Thomas uh, this year. My middle boy, uh, Raiden, is at um, a school inside of Iowa playing Division One football at Ellsworth. And my daughter, Radiance, maintains on the road all of the time. And the best thing we've ever did, uh, her mother and myself, was to get her to Maryland where she felt more comfortable in schools compared to Minnesota. And the top thing is that she's getting talked by people who look like her. And as she said, they're not nice, Dad. They just tell me what to expect, and I know exactly what to do uh, compared to being here. And she didn't know what the expectations was per se. So she hardly ever wanted to go to school when she was here. And so that shows you the difference <clears throat> of not only having good parents or a good father, but also having a good community. So shout out to those people out there in Prince George County in Bowie, uh, Maryland. Yeah. Uh, stepping up and doing the dang thing with my daughter. Yeah, see, and that's why I wanted to talk today because you know what, you guys, I don't know what age you, because y'all got some, some kids that's up there. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> all, all, I all over the age right, still. I, I ain't going to put y'all age out there, but people can be like two, you know. But you know what? <laughs> Five, six, <laughs> so, you know, seven, so doing the math. So, you know, coming into fatherhood, I know a lot of people, they, they're they going to celebrate uh, tomorrow in regards to, you know, being a father. And I know the transitioning to becoming a father was different, you know, when you was coming up. If y'all want to share your stories about, like, at what point when you became a father that you knew you're like, okay, it's time for me to step up. I got to be a father if I want this uh, transition for my children to grow up with these GPAs and high school and national honor societies and stuff. Like, you know, what? at what point when you was like, okay, fatherhood is serious? I'll start off. I think for me, I think um, at the at the time when I found out, I was married at the time, and, and when I found out that she was pregnant, my wife was pregnant, at that point you have a grace period. You got like nine months to kind of figure out this is going to be the real deal or not, you know. And, and so, and so uh, for me, I had a grace period in that time to kind of get my mental aspect of what fatherhood would look like. I knew what it would look like because I was raised by my, you know, by my father and my mother. And so I kind of knew, but instinctively 
from a mindset standpoint, I had a great time to, to kind of figure out what type of father I wanted to be to my kids. And I think the, the, the greatest advice that my father gave me was he said, you need to be a better father than I was to you. Mm. And so those short words had so much depth in it, you know, so much, you know, everything was in it because I knew how good a father and sacrifice he was to me. Mm-hmm. So there was no excuses. Mm-hmm. I had to do everything. And so um, that's that's kind of what my mindset. So all the, you know, all the fathers that are in that space, take the time during those nine months, man, to get your mental state together mm-hmm. so that you can be charged because you're going to be charged to do a lot. And you have to be up for that challenge. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yep. Yep. So, for, so for me, you know, I, I think back to when I was a, a, a boy. <clears throat> um, you know, my father died before before I was born. My mom was had like four months left to go before I came into the world. Um, but you know, I was raised uh, by a stepfather who was pretty. He's pretty rugged. You know what I mean? We knew for sure. Me and my older sister, we knew for sure that we were not his kids. He reminded us on a regular basis okay. that we were not his kids. And as a kid, I just didn't understand. I said, you know, so how can a man come into a woman's life who has children mm. and not see those children and respect those children and take them on as his own? Right. Um, so I think at a young age, you know, I only realize this now as 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 a grown man and as a father. But I think back to when I was going through that. I think I kind of prepared myself back then mm-hmm. to not be like him. Yeah. You know, um, and this is whether it was going to be with my own biological biological children, or if I got into a relationship with a woman who already had children. <clears throat> I knew for sure that I would never treat anybody's kids like we were treated. So, you know, fast forward to when I actually, uh, you know, just like Terry said, you do have that grace period. Um, but when I knew for sure that, you know, my my uh, my my daughter was on the way, you know, it's like, wow, like this is about to be real. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like you're actually about to be about to be a father. And so, you know, you you're thinking, you know, how you're going to do what they're going to look like, you know, the type of things that you're going to do. And you just you just you just do it. A real man knows for sure what he has to do. And when those children come here, you just you just get into action. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's no handbook to being a father. You know what I mean? It's you really I'm you know, I'm going to say this. You really, really, really have to have a relationship with God. I think if you're going to make sure that. You know, these children are raised right and you are equipping them with everything that they need to succeed in life. I think that relationship between you and the father is is, is key. Okay. Okay. Well, I came from a unique perspective of (laughs) what a father is. I was born the second to the youngest of eight kids. And I have five older brothers. Mm. So I tell them all the time, I said, thank you for raising me. Because... My parents sacrificed so much. My father worked countlessly. My mother was a, a surgical nurse that worked overnight. So basically, she left the household to my older siblings. And so they raised me. I tell people all the time, I come from a unique scenario where I had two mothers and two fathers. My oldest brother, my oldest sister was mom and daddy when they weren't in the house. And then when my parents came home, they had to yield. Sometimes it was hard because they didn't know how to relinquish the power. And so watching them grow up, my father told me one of the 
coolest things I've ever heard. A man tell another aspiring father. The word man means meet all needs. That's what my father told me. No matter what. You want to be a man? Meet all needs. And I never knew what that was as a kid growing up. Like, what are you talking about, man? Fast forward to when I was told I was going to become responsible for some young person's life. I knew right then and I had to meet all needs, no matter what it is, good, bad, or indifferent. I had to stand in the pocket. Here's the cool part that he also told me. Whether that woman works for you or not, you meet all needs. Yes. So from a young age, I knew what a father was, what a father's expectations were going to be, and what I needed to do to uphold my end of the bargain. Because my mama told me, right. any man can lay down, yeah. <laughs> but can you really get out? That man meet all needs. Make sure you guys call in 612-377-3456. <laughs> we can go live on air to ask questions. And that's something that you just said. And that's what I wanted to hear, too, because so many people use the excuse today that if it's not working with the, the mother or whoever it is, like it's still that, that responsibility that you have to to be there and then you know provide for that child because mm-hmm. they still need you you know what I mean and a lot of people use that as you, gonna, like, you, you, you ain't gonna keep doing that today but, I'm right here I'm gonna get my okay <laughs> but, <laughs> come on Aquarius I know and he can't wait but what we saying is that no, most no, cause, most cause people use it right you do but I but my perspective is that we most people use that excuse the young men today is a high statistics that there are fa- fatherless families you know what I mean well that's so, that's why I wanted them to come to say, and like David just said, that it is important that even if it does not work out with the parent or with the mother or the foundation doesn't work, that it still can be done. You well, know what I mean? It's, it's, it's still your responsibility. Well, I want to say I had a different experience as being a father. Yes, That's what I wanted to say. Oh. And for me, simply uh, because my father, his father, his mother had his father, his mother got pregnant when she was from separated from her husband mm. and my father's father was separated from his wife. Right. So my father never really had a relationship with his father. Yeah. And then my father's mother was abusive. So my father ran away from home early on. So he really wasn't raised by his uh, parents. And so I don't think my pops and even my stepfather, <clears throat> you know, when I look, look back at conversations I've had with him, I don't think they really knew exactly what it was to be a father or a man. And so <clears throat> when you come from those experiences, like you guys had fathers that were prepared. I didn't have a prepared father, nor did I have a prepared stepfather. Having conversations with them about um, life after I got grown and really got into the groove of uh, raising my children, I understood right away. They knew how to work and pay bills, but they really didn't know how to raise children. They really didn't know what to say to children. They didn't necessarily have those wise quotes and those understandings. And so for me, you know, I would say my my oldest boy was born three days before my 21st birthday. And, you know, I could tell you we we had a lot of close moments. And, you know, he'll tell you to this day I'm his best friend and he's my best friend. But it took a while to grow into it because it's not that easy as Tito said you know there's no manual uh you kind of like go along until you get it right and so for me I think I really realized I was a father probably around the time my son got right around four 
And what I mean by that was I was providing and I was doing all those things. We, I, You know, he woke up and saw me every morning. I'd go to work, and even when I worked the night shift, he'd be up waiting on me to come home, et cetera, et cetera. But the part of fatherhood that where I really believe that I became a father at around that four or five-year-old stage, it was the other intricate things that went into being a father. It was not the aspect of providing or protecting. It was spending that time and then showing them how to do things and then really getting into the group and also getting to that side with his mother to say, man, you know, we really are doing this together. You know, like what's the program for this kid versus you come with your values, I come with my values, and then we're kind of doing this. No, no, how do we come up with this program for this kid? And then we had a second kid, and how do we continue with the program, et cetera? So for me, I think, um, I, you know, I I think I come from an aspect of where I learned on the job, but then I had a lot of peer support. And my peers, um, as well as older men, helped me as I stumbled along into fatherhood. You know, and then, and then you're never done growing as a father, as you all can attest, because every year there's something, there's a new tool, a new something that you add to it. So that was my journey as a father. It wasn't um, it wasn't instant. I, I knew the nine months that I was coming in, but I was 21 years, I was 20 years old. I was still in the streets. Uh, most of my partners were still in the streets. I was, right. you know, so at some point, like I really didn't get it until about that four year mark on, OK, this is really what it means to be a father. You got to be. I was I was coming in before the street lights at that point. You know, that's when you stop hanging out late. <laughs> I stopped doing all of those other things because our first apartment, man, I used to live downtown right behind. Uh, what's that uh, club? South Beach. Is it South Beach? Mm-hmm. Or oh, oh, right there on that strip. Right. And I used to be in the bed where I'm like, I'm laying next to her, the baby in the crib. And I'm like, but everybody else out here enjoying the life. And I'm going here bored with you. And, and I'm like, but as a father, that's what you're supposed to be. I was supposed right. to be there. We got a call on the line. Go ahead, caller. Yes, hi. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for having a nice panel there. You know, fathers of different ages doing doing the do. Um, my name is Alan, calling from the North Side. Uh, you know, hey, Alan. one of the, one of the things that hello, uh, and <laughs> one of the things that they always say is black men or men of color do not take care of their kids. And so I had a comment and question because, like Minnesota, I've been here twenty eight years. I have six kids, um, all doing well. But my question was, do, did the panel have problems as black men in the system here to struggle to be a parent? Because a lot of times when, uh, when I show up, even though you see all these black men taking care of these children, all these black men taking them to the doctors, paying the do, paying the, uh, whatever it do, means to, be, uh, to take care of them financially, the system a lot of times when black men show up, they look at you like, why are you here? Where's the mother? And do a lot of things to prevent or to hinder black men from being parents. You know, you see Hennepin County um, signs, you know, adopt a child, you know, foster parent, but they show the black mother, which is fine. The black queen, uh, it needs to be celebrated. But a black man always, to my knowledge, try to be that parent. So that's what I want to know, you know, while we're celebrating, we need to uh, stop the systems from trying to stop these black men from being in that trader's life. And thank you. Right on. Okay. You know, can I can I address that? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I got a I got a um, I don't know if I would necessarily call it a unique experience, but you know, so I was you know I'm I'm a father that actually went I sought out 
<clears throat> the system. I sought out the system to make sure that um, I didn't have any problems. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, make sure I didn't have any problems raising my children because, you know, my two, with my two older daughters, you know, me and their mom, we we decided we was gonna part ways when they were young. Like my my oldest daughter, the twenty four year, she was three at the time, and my my middle daughter, she was one. And I knew for sure that we were no longer going to be together. And, you know, we, we actually moved here. I'm from Illinois, but we I moved to Boston a little bit after I graduated high school, met her at some point, and then we had the two daughters and moved here to Minnesota. Once we knew we were no longer going to be together, she wanted to move back to Boston, which was, you know, that that's her right. You know, she didn't have family here. You know, she didn't have a, a connection here. She wanted to be back with her family. And so now we had this dilemma because I didn't want to move back to Boston. You know what I mean? So we have these these children. What are we going to do with the children? You know what I mean? Are they going to stay here with me? You know what I mean? Is Are they going to go with her? I didn't want for my children to grow up in Boston without me. But I knew for sure I didn't want to go back there. So eventually, you know, without going too far into our personal story, you know, the kids did end up back in Boston with me being here. That lasted for about maybe about three months. You know, we went back and forth. We had conversations about, you know, me establishing my rights. It's, it's pretty sad that men have to establish rights as a, as a father. You know, you're what they call it, a recognition of parentage yeah. or whatever. Um, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I went through it. Um, but I, like I said, I sought out the system once I knew that. So at, one, at some point, you know, things got a little, you know, rough for her. You know, where she ended up in a position where, you know, uh, you know, her her living situation wasn't correct. And so my children are now homeless. So you can imagine me now like steaming, not homeless in the point where they were on the street, but going from this auntie to this, you know, auntie or whatever. And I was like, hell no, this, this, you know what, this is not my children. You know what I mean? So I went to Boston and she called me and said, "Okay, you know what, it's time. Come and get them. So this was like three, two, three months after they left. So I went and got him. And once I got him, I had my, I got an attorney, and we put something in place right then and there. Exactly. This was not gonna be a yo-yo. You're not gonna like come and get him today, and then you know you get upset or you know whatever. I said no. I'm their father. I provide. You know what I mean? Meet all needs, like David Jones said. I provide a home for them. You know what I mean? And so I went to court. And I, I didn't feel good doing it because there's a mom, but I knew for sure this was not about me. It wasn't about the mother. It was about the children. Mm-hmm. And so we established, <clears throat> we established right then and there that those children were going to live with me. So I raised my daughters as a single dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man. Yeah. Hey, and hold on, let me go a little, just a little bit further because, you know, that, that was that. So she was able to get her rights during the summertime. The girls would go back to Boston, which was fine then because we had that legal, that legal position uh, established. You know what I mean? Right. So they would, with me during the, during the school months, with their mom during the summer months. Fast forward a little bit, I had another daughter, you know, just still being young and reckless. I had another daughter, <laughs> you know, uh, with, a, with a different woman. And, you know, we weren't going to be together, but we, we did, you know, we did, we did have the kid. And I knew early on that she was going to be trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> I knew all early she was going to be trouble. So I took her to court. I took her to court not to take my daughter away, just to establish my rights. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And so that's just the way it is. So if you if you the system feel like sometimes like it's rigged against fathers, mm-hmm. but if you show up, Come and on, you show up the, constantly. That part, that part. Show up constantly, man up and be there. You know what I mean? They may take you a little time, they may give you a little trouble, but continue to show up. You will have your rights as a father. I'll jump in on that because that's what the system was designed to do to see if you really wanted to be there. Yeah. First I think of all. So too. And the system can work with you or it will work against you. I'm a prime example of that. Also, to piggyback on having fun outside of a relationship. <laughs> um, Shout out the fun. <laughs> my youngest daughter just graduated high school. She'll be 18 next month. Mm-hmm. And all while the time, this was from a woman outside of my marriage at the time. And, yeah, we conceived a child. But rather than allowing her to dictate the narrative, again, as a man, you have rights. I went to court immediately and demanded my rights. And by demanding my rights, she could no longer dictate policy to me on when I was going to see this child, when I wasn't going to see the child. In the words of Tito, Tito, to yo-yo me around because I... Again, we all know that one woman. I don't know how we get attracted to them. <laughs> you know how you get it. You know, they go ahead and, you know, uh, yeah, bad meaning bad and good meaning good. That That's bad, bad was real good. Yeah, well, I had me some real good bad at the time. And it was horrible yeah, from, from good, that man. point on. <laughs> So, I'm just being honest. I I felt attacked, Mr. Jones. (laughs) Exactly. So it was some real good, bad. And, uh, you know, 18 years later of being responsible because, again, you do not allow them to dictate the narrative to you. Your responsibility is the child. You had the fun. Fun costs sometimes. Right. And when it costs, yeah, I know it costs me about 18 years of fun. And I'm okay (laughs) with that. I'm okay with that because as of August 1st, I'm so glad we had this time together. But with that being said, again, I was raised by a man to understand what a man is. I do not make excuses. The system, I don't care about a system. System means nothing. The system means that it's time for you to stiffen your back and stand up as a man. That's what that means. You, hey, you put in the work. Time to pick your boots up, brother. <laughs> Time to pick your boots I up. He called in 612-377-3456. If you guys can go back, y'all. Okay, so you went through that whole process. You got the kids, y'all. Yep. Heading down memory lane and, mm-hmm. you know, to down the road to the journey. <laughs> How, what, what is the biggest thing that you say, you could say about fatherhood that has been like, man, like I made it or, you know, like, man, this was worth it. You know, like all the stuff that you've been through. So now you got your grandkids. What kind of things, you know, be like, man, fatherhood is awesome. Well, one of the things I can add uh, a tiff is that my whole journey has been about fatherhood since I moved here. And, you know, everything that I've done in the community has been evolved fatherhood mm-hmm. in some manner, shape, or form. And I think one of the things that men and, and uh, young fathers need to understand is is that you need to surround yourself with with images and role models of the father that you want to become, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be intentional about the men that you seek out in your life and, and, and then surround yourself with them. I was very intentional about the men that I sought after because I didn't have any family here and my father was at a distance back in Indiana. I had to surround myself with men that was of the same values that I wanted to raise my daughters mm-hmm. like. And so for me, I was very intentional about the men that I surrounded myself with, 
the men that had families. Maybe I, at the time I didn't have a family, but I wanted my daughters to be in that environment where every time we was in a, a, you know, any type of setting, they saw a very positive man or either a role model. And I'm going to leave you with this is that just the other day I was riding with my daughter and, and, and we was talking about relationships. And she said, Dad, and she's now 17, she said, Dad, I'm so happy that my whole life, all I saw was men of character. All I saw was strong men around me. So these boys can't come to me any type of way. Okay. And so at that point, <laughs> okay. just last week at that point, I knew that we made an impact. So, mm -hmm. so to all the young fathers, be intentional about those that you surround yourself with. And for the men that know better, reach back and teach those young men what to do. Exactly. Intentional is such a great word. Mm. Yeah. Thomas, I see your mind turning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to go back to the caller's point because I'm dealing with two young men currently at this point where the system told them that they couldn't work to take care of their families or they were going to take their children. And so I always say that that's why, you know, working in the, in the trenches with these families, it's not about manning up all the time. Uh, one instant, instance, they don't even want the mother to be around the child. So that father was given an option. You either go take care, you, you either take care of your child full time and get on welfare. Or if you go to work, you're going to lose your child. These are tough situations that men get fought into in the system. So it's not always as simple as we make it out to be. The other that's child protection services. Uh, and and that's a and that's a that's a frequent thing. I got two brothers who've been told that told not to work, told not to work and, and been put in some tough situations where they've lost jobs going to appointments where they've lost their job trying to maintain child protection services. So we have to sometimes you know that this, this is fact. That's why, you know, to me and, you know, the system is problematic. Men, the men before us, they, they went to change the laws. We have to change the laws here. That's not right. The right to parentage form does not give you a right to parent. That gives you a right to the hospital bill. You have to go petition the courts after you sign the birth certificate and all of those things. In the state of Minnesota, a man does not have custody of a child. That's not right. That is not right. They got a right to take your check. They have a right to penalize you. And so all of those things, I, I'm, I just have to always bring it back because this is my day. To, this is my this is what I do in the community. This is the work that I do on a day to day basis. And I see these brothers working hard, trying to fight for their children. They're typically uh, looked at, frowned upon because they are in their children's life. Matter of fact, the county goes hard on the dad. I've seen fathers being accused of being a pimp. Even though he was just the main one primarily taking abusive. care of his child, abusive, ain't abused nobody. He was just protecting his his family away from the system, saying, hey, don't answer that question. No, don't. she don't mean that, this, what have you. So there's a lot of good fathers out there, just to get back to that brother's point. And the data does say that black men are there. We are raising our children higher than any group. I think what we confuse and conflate sometimes is what they call a single parent household compared to actual single parent household. And when we play the system compared to who's really in the home. And so I want to just say that it's not always what people say. And we, we have people in our community who have had a hard time parenting. Right. It hasn't always been peaches and cream for me as well as other men. But I will say that as a father, you just have to keep trying. And there's no timetable as long as you get it right I, to any dad that's out there listening. 
if you're not currently in your child's life, as long as you're breathing and that child is breathing, you can step in and make a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the one good thing about this journey of life. There's no cookie cutter way of doing it. And so I, I will say that the system is problematic at this time, especially for young black children who are zero to five living in poverty. Those are the, the highest out of home placements at this point. And those children get adopted out quicker than any other group. And so I heard what he was saying. I wanted to make sure I spoke to that point because I think that that's very important for people to know out there. People are out here struggling, not because they want to when it comes to parents. These are fathers that are fighting to get custody of their children. Even he taught, he brought up the foster parent. It's a, it's a good brother and sister that I knew that know that they were trying to raise some foster children that were family members and what they took this family through. They raided their home with with the police. Uh, they did all kinds of things. And this brother is just a he's a uh, he's a he's a electrician. His wife owns a business as well as have several contracts through the hospitals out here. And they'll drag you through the mud as a black man when they see you standing there doing your thing. And I and shout out to you brothers because I like what I heard from you brothers and not taking it making any excuses and actually making it happen. But I would say you guys are just like me. My children have never been in the system. So I ain't never had to fight child protection services, right? Like, I don't know about that fight, but I do know that there's a plethora of brothers right now. That is the flavor of the month. And that's why marriage is important. You, you want to get married. You want to make these things. You want to make a whole home because at, at the end of the day, when you leave it up to chance, when you don't have that, that's the only way in this state you, you the baby comes out the womb with you as a father having rights is you have to be married. If you are not married, you don't have those rights. What, what, what's the difference with fatherhood as far as, like, raising daughters and raising uh, boys? You don't have boys, though. What? Was, was there a difference? <laughs> <laughs> Please, yeah, I want to hear this one. Yeah, that's a different ball game right <laughs> I want to hear this one. You need, uh, need a my, different kind of <laughs> meditation my, for that. <laughs> my sons put it best when they, okay, my daughters, We'll do things, and I'll just look and say, oh, it's okay, baby, you know. <laughs> right. We're going to figure it out. My son be like, what? And <laughs> <laughs> you told me to go to my room for that. Right. You put me on punishment for almost a year. I was like, she's different. Right. <laughs> she's different. <laughs> Did you feel that you had to be different with the, the boys versus the girls? Yes, because my sons, I knew, were me. No. I wait, knew wait, that, wait. Though, that, that they were the second coming of me, and I knew how to deal with me. Wait, hold that thought. We got a call on the line. Okay. <laughs> Little Davis. <laughs> Go ahead, caller. Hi, good morning. I'm kind of glad you guys are having this program about the fathers. I want to just con kind of comment about when the brother talked about having that that stepfather. I had a stepfather who ended up being a blessing in my life, Amen. but I did give him a chance. He was in my life from, from two years old. I wanted my father in my life. So I gave this brother a hard time for a very long time till I had my own children. And I realized, and I went to him and I apologized. And when I realized what he had done in my life, he was the man from two years old who took me fishing, who whooped my butt who came to my school for my meetings when my mama couldn't come and did it for my brothers and sisters also. Mm. So when I became a man, I realized this dude's a cold piece. So I wanted to say this. Mm. Now he calls me, called my wife, asked my wife for 
all of my children's names for the this book they're writing about in their family. Mm-hmm. And all my children's, and I'm not his biological child. Mm-hmm. And, and that just touched me that he wanted my kids, mm-hmm. my grandkids, because I'm a grandfather now. I'm a papa too, David. <laughs> you understand? And so that really touched me. I realized a while ago what he meant to me. I went to him, told him. He used to whoop my butt. I probably needed more butt whooping. <laughs> so I just wanted to touch on that. And I also wanted to say when my father would come around, my father's gone now. And I did love it, man, but he didn't raise me. But when he did come around on birthdays and holidays, him and my stepfather would sit down mm-hmm. and talk like men. Mm-hmm. They didn't hate each other because mm-hmm. my mama was with him. Thanks. You understand? And I think so. it's more more fathers that aren't with the mother and didn't, didn't keep that. You know, that ain't got nothing to do with you. Yes, that happened sir. before you. Yeah. You understand? So... I'm sorry. Yeah, last week we did a shout out to the stepfathers. I'm glad that you called in because you know what? They don't get as much recognition as, you know, well, they do. But you, you can take this opportunity to tell them thank you and happy Father's Day to him as well. Because we, we said last week, like, there's no step. It's always bonus. Like, thank you so much for the stepfathers. Absolutely, ma'am. And I just want to say his name. His name is Kelvin Coleman II. And he lives in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey. God bless you. Guys. Happy Father's Day, Calvin. That's, that's what Mr. I was saying. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Go ahead, David. So we're going to go back to you said it's different with the girls. I want to hear yeah, these stories it, about it, the girls it, and the boys because you said it is the little because, David. You know, I know me. <laughs> and I was there. I saw them come out of my wife's womb. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> For real, God? Okay. They say you never put no more on us. Then you think we can win. So, okay. I got to bet this for like three times, man. Right. You know, my sons, I always told them, Terry brought up a valid point. He echoed something, and I'm so glad that black men can sit down and share experiences like this. My father told me to basically the same thing and this was something that i drilled in my sons right now today i look them in the eyes and they tell me no i can't be you i have to be better than you yeah that's it that was our premise yeah because i knew right then and there as a man of color when you come out into today's society it's warfare on you it is complete warfare on the man of color you can't be as good you have to be three times better i know i sat in corporate america and i could never do as good Mm-hmm. So I prepared them for real life situations and explained to them. My daughters, that was different. <laughs> I want to get to that because all y'all different. got girls. And I want to see. That was different. <laughs> even, even my grandgirls, yeah. that was different. We got another caller online. Go ahead, caller. How you doing? Good morning. It's a great show. It's a really good show. Y'all, I've been watching. I've been uh, listening to y'all for four weeks now. Okay, this is the four weeks. We he keeping up with us. Thank you so much. <laughs> One of my problems are my sister brothers and sisters. I was married to my mother and my sisters. So you know, that's how I knew how two women. That's how I became a father because they showed me a woman had to be treated. How people have to be treated. Yeah, you have to mm-hmm. you have to back mm-hmm. up a little bit. About the women, women, they're more emotional than than guys, the boys, you know. So that's the big difference with the women. You have to be sister with your name. All right, thank you, Carla. Thank you, Carla. Go ahead. But back to you, oh, you, good. you, uh, women. 
<laughs> he said women. Yeah. So you went from the you yeah. passed the girl, yeah. birth girl, yeah. women. Yeah, women. <laughs> women. To become one women. He said that they're more emotional. I so disagree. I, thank you. I thank so you. disagree. Thank it you. ain't about emotion when it comes to my girls. It ain't going to never be that. Again, I knew that I was their first love. I was the first example of what they were going to see and interact with as a man. So I prepared them to deal with me in the streets. Plain and simple. Just like I prepared my sons to not be me, I prepared my daughters how to deal with me. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> if it's one thing I know how to do... I know how to talk to the opposite sex. <laughs> okay, so you got, you got the So I had to affair. teach them hey, the pros and cons of what your daddy look like out in the streets. Okay? For me, I think one of the things that, that challenged me with my daughters is I had to teach them confidence. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and it was difficult because you're coming from a you know, from a male's perspective. And then I think that's so important to to have that self-confidence in yourself, right? And so, you know, that was one aspect of it. And the other aspect for me was was really having enough patience to have uh, a level of emotional, uh, what I would say. Availability. Yes, yeah, yeah. availability mm-hmm. for them, right? And just, and just not really learning how to listen. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, really, you know, for me, as much as I had to teach them, I had to learn as well. Okay. Right? And so those are just some of the things, man, the the self-control, the self-discipline, and just just really having that self-confidence in each other to, to, to just know that you can do whatever you set your mind to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, I think for me, it was just um, learning from the children, more so than anything else. Um, you know, I, I wanted my children to see all phases of a, of me as a man so that they can understand exactly what life is like, the good, the bad, the ugly, et cetera. And, I, you know, me and my boys probably have a, a more tighter relationship just because they're they're boys and you know it were always I was always doing sports with them and talking one on one with the going to the sports and, yeah. and the whole nine um but I do believe my daughter <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh my daughter as well as uh the 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 other uh you know children that I'm around I spoil girls mm-hmm. and part Thank of you. it is because you know, I always say, and I get, you know, I always get told, you, you, you give, you know, you know, you give these girls too much. And I'm like, well, if, you know, you, you got a 17-year-old and you ain't giving it to her, somebody in the street's going to give it oh, to her. Oh, and there's that point. And, you know, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and same thing with my 16-year-old. You know, I, I, I try to make sure, you know, um, when the, if, I'm, if I'm a father figure in your life, I'm going to make sure that you're protected. But I also want to make sure... A, that I lace you up with enough game, but also give you reality. And my main thing with all my children and any any child that I come around is, if you want it, you got to go get it. And you want to go get it with dignity and respect because that's the one thing that can't nobody take from you. You know, every room I ever walked into, no matter the education level, I always get respect. People going to give me minds. I ain't got to take it. 
And I feel like that's the one thing that we don't teach our children today. We teach them everything else, but we don't teach them how to walk in dignity and respect. And I feel like when you, you know, what I tell my kids, you know, especially um, my oldest boy, because that boy, man, he uh, he got confidence on. He a little sucker, man. He only like five <laughs> foot six, but he got a lot of confidence. <laughs> and, you know, I knew he was going to be an attorney because, man, he could talk his way in and, to out and out of everything and could always articulate from four all the way up what it is that he wanted. Right. Like he had a wide vocabulary base at four. And so I'm like, where did he get this from? You know, like this this kid, like I was reading to him, but I didn't think he was soaking it all in like that. Right. And so by the time he get to high school, I remember going having a, a, a parent teacher conference with a teacher and he had a young teacher. And this guy was intimidated that my son could articulate exactly what it was that he wanted, what he wanted out the class and what he felt like the teacher was not delivering. And the teacher could not understand where he got it from. And I said, sir, it's my fault. I told my son when he was around seven that it ain't official until somebody write it down. Mm -hmm. He said that wasn't in your syllabus. That wasn't in your plan. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, and so I I would say, you know, that that's kind of the difference. My daughter, my daughter, man, I can't. She's on autopilot, man. I I agree with you. It ain't like she ain't as emotional as the boys, man. My daughter, exactly. my daughter, I was gonna man. Get to I that just point. be, I be I like, was gonna get to that point. No, she be knocking it down. Like, yo, oh, this what we gotta do? Them boys will be whining. Why I got? Uh, hey, hey, exactly. Is she quick to tell them? <laughs> hey, hey, why y'all? She be like, y'all acting like some chumps. Like she be talking to her brother like once twenty five and she sixteen. She like, you acting like a chump. It ain't nothing. Just get it done. What you what you said, David? The men they just again, like I said. <laughs> My oldest daughter, perfect example. The young man wanted to marry my oldest daughter. Called my cousin, who was like my road dog. He come shotgun. We fly in to Chicago. I tell her, you know where we go eat dinner at? She says, yes. I said, make reservations. Make them now. <laughs> I wouldn't talk to him. Told him, I wanted nothing to do with you right now. I don't know you. <laughs> who are you? I said, because until you can explain to me why you want my daughter's hand, you just some other random dude that she finna go ahead and kick to the curb. I said, because she is me with boobs. <laughs> Let's understand each other. I know. I was there. I raised her. Right. We went somewhere with $100 a plate because that's what I raised her in. Those are the level of expectations. If you can't meet those needs, you don't need to take my child's hand. We sat there. I didn't say a word. Bill came out. I snatched the bill. I said, because this is what I wanted to do. And I looked at his face finally and said, okay, young man, tell me why in about 60 seconds you deserve to be in my family. (laughs) Again, this is my family. I earned the right to sit at the head of the table. What are you going to do any different that is going to deem you the right to sit in my household, period? And when that young man articulated his stance to me, I grabbed my daughter's hand and put it in his hand and said, thank you. I just got a pay raise. She's your responsibility now. <laughs> Terry, are you guys scared about that part? You, you and Tito haven't been through it yet. Are y'all ready for that? What y'all going to do? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. 
you know, I, I anticipate it. I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, you got to, you, you know, you can't, you can't bring, you know, no disrespect to, to, to anybody, but you can't bring some dude, you know, with his exactly. hands sagging, Mm-mm. smelling like, you know, he just finished smoking some or drinking <laughs> some, you know, like bring it, present a man. Cause that's what I presented to you your whole life mm-hmm. as a man. Okay. You know what I mean? Look at so <clears throat> it's the reality. Bring, bring that, <laughs> bring that forward too. You know, don't, don't bring me just anybody. And of course, the, the person is not for me. But this is the person that you got to spend your life with. Exactly. And if they're not ready, you know, you know, as dad, you're gonna get that call. Dad, they put their hands on me. Or oh, dad, no, you're not. You know, <laughs> dad, come in, come in, come in. You know, help me. Or dad, you know, can we can you pay our rent? Now, you, we don't want to deal with all that. Right. You said it's turning over. We got, huh? we got. She said, said come, mama, mama, mama. We got another caller on line. Go ahead, caller. Hey, happy, happy Father's Day to all the fathers up there. Thank you. Yeah, I got a question. Yeah, I got a question. Hey. You know, I got I got three boys and two girls, right? I got uh, all my kids is grown except the last one. Everybody's over 21 except the last one. The last one, eight. Now, my question is, how hard is it to deal with different baby mamas when you got different baby mamas and you're trying to be that great dad? Oh, man. What the well? <laughs> Is the call a finish? No, no, no. I think I think one of the things that you have to do, brother, is that you have to set the standard, man, of 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 the values and the things that you want uh, uh, just for your kids. Do not allow the other half to dictate what things ought to be like. If you have been successful raising your other children. Stay on that path, man, and 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 and, and really don't alleviate from that. And I think you'll be fine. Yep. I would say okay. de- de- dealing with dealing with different moms, you know, it it can be a struggle. It mm-hmm. really can, depending on you know how y'all got into those relationships and how y'all got out of those relationships. Exactly. And then you know, so- sometimes you know, this is no disrespect to 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 to, to the mothers, but sometimes you know, a mother can stand in the way. Of a relationship between right. you know the the child and and their and their dads, um, so you know for me I say handle those relationships as carefully as you can. Mm-hmm. But if they're standing in the way, you st- you just gotta you gotta really think about your children and do whatever you can to make sure that they realize that you're present. You know you gotta get around those relationships you know that are rough with with the mother. You know it, it can be tough. I mean I I got three <laughs> you know right. mothers. Um, right. And it hasn't it hasn't always been smooth. Sometimes they don't want to talk. You know, it's right. especially if if the, if the kids are celebrating their dad. You know Absolutely. what I mean? That can make them irritated at times. You know, right. I would say just don't worry about that and just focus on the kids. Focus be on present, the kids. brother. You and know, the last piece, the last piece that I could say is like my mom always told me: sometimes you're gonna have to learn to eat a little crow, brother. Put all of your personal stuff aside, just like the other gentleman said. It's about the child. And it doesn't lessen you to say, okay, you win. Yep. When can right. I get the child? Yep. Absolutely. It's okay. That's you right. win. That's right. Now, when can I get the child? And that's real. And what I would say to you, brother, is if you don't want to be with that person, then it's not emotional. You just have to take the emotional side of, out of it and just always, you know, think ahead. You know, come with a program. 
That, that's what I always say. I got a program. And nobody beats me off my program. I don't care what it is. I don't care. I'll I, I be in a room full of 100 people, man. And my program is my program. That's just what it is. I know where I'm going. I know what I want for my children. I know exactly what I want to present, how I want to present it. And so I would say to you, brother, you, when it comes to that mother, I wouldn't allow her to be the main situation between the relationship you with you and your child. Um, you just have to remember, and I, I say this all the time, fatherhood is really about your relationship with the child more so than the mom. And I think, that, you know, like, I think that that's the main thing. Mothers can get in the way, right? But you still have enough time to build that relationship with that child and build that relationship with that child when you can. You know, and, and hey, sometimes it takes giving it space sometimes you have to step away because if you're always tugging on the rope and she's tugging on the rope then sooner or later you're going to end up splitting the kid and it's going to be some some trauma to that child while watching y'all always be in conflict so sometimes you got to let the rope go so that you can walk back towards the rope grab it and then get it secure to your side so you have to know when you know it's like jump it's almost like double dutch these sisters know about double dutch it's almost you got to know when to jump in and when not and, and when to let the rope swing you know and I also wanted to add too that because we all are uh, influencers here in Minneapolis, there is so many programs now that's helping fathers. If you if that doesn't work, because you know sometimes it can get crazy. You know the baby mamas and baby mama drama is a lot. Go to the self help at Hennepin County. Get you a lawyer. You know, get it parenting time. They they will help you fill out the paperwork from A to Z and just start you know presenting that so you can have the courts to you know make a decision on you get the holiday, you get you know Christmas or whatever. So. Yeah, it's a lot of programs now. Mad for Dads. I don't know if that's still around. Mad but Dads. Mad Dads. Yeah, it's a lot of programs now that's helping the men uh, because of all this foolishness. One of the things to Father's Project, yeah. Is I just want to add this, is that it's so important that the fathers that have been successful in whatever a journey that they've been on to share their story because the experiences that we share with these other fathers is really the route that they're going to take, right? Mm -hmm. And so... With this, brother, I just want you to find some folks that stand in the gap of that space that you may not be able to fill. Mm -hmm. Find something or somebody to fill that gap until you can get the rope back to where you can, mm -hmm. you know, take that journey on to yourself. So mm -hmm. I'll go a step further, and if that don't work, seek us out. We're available. <laughs> Believe it or not, man. we're available. Hey, right. hey, we all need to stick together, man. We all need to stick together. Keep. Inspiring each other to keep doing what we need to do. You know what I mean. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, Dad, I gotta ask a question before you leave. And you, you ain't got you ain't got to answer it to me. Just answer it to yourself. With any of those baby mamas, are you going back and playing playing tag? You know? <laughs> no, 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 no. You ain't got to answer. You ain't got to answer on the radio. No, 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 that, no, no. That, I'm gonna answer, answer on the radio because you gotta understand this. My my first three kids. My first three kids were born before 1997. So from 1997 till now, I only had two kids. That's two marriages. So I am settled. I am that guy. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just that when I, when I go past, when I go back, when I go back to like, you know, we can't make up time. You know what I'm saying? You can't make that time up, but you can do better as you go forward. So what I was saying, when you're dealing with multiple people, I, when I was younger, I noticed that when I did one for one child, the other mother thought that, oh, he getting too much or they getting too much or she getting too much, so I want this and I want that. That was the battle that I was having. Uh, that's why I asked, how did y'all deal with that? You know what I mean? Yes, sir. That's why I asked. Okay. Okay, brother. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm settled. I'm, I'm settled and stable. 
Don't think just because I got four baby mamas, oh, he out there killing it. No, 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 no. I was younger then too. And the question, and another thing, I'm sorry to hold up y'all time like that, but uh, <laughs> one thing y'all said earlier, one thing y'all said earlier is like, when did you know you became a man? I knew I became a man when I had to raise my little brother. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? I knew what that was. I bought him clothes. I made sure he went to high school looking like I went. You know? Well, amen and blessings okay. to you, sir, and happy Father's Day. All right, we got five minutes. Go ahead, Latoya. All right. So the question <laughs> of the hour is, what words of wisdom can you give these young fathers, old fathers, wannabe fathers, should have been fathers? And we got we got five minutes, so you got to. Well, for me, I've man. Lock it and go. Well for, <laughs> well, for me, man, I just say that the best thing that you can do is learn from the fathers around you. As well as make sure that, that, as I keep saying, you got to have a program. You got to have your own script that you're comfortable with, that you can roll with, so that you can be as successful as possible. And you want to make that a living script. So you want to add to it, you want to subtract from it as you go along and get better in this thing called fatherhood. You know, you mature it more into fatherhood the older you get. And, you know, as, as the older you get, what you'll learn is you'll have less tolerance for the foolishness and the BS. And so you'll learn how to navigate those waters a little bit older. Yeah, the, the more you get older. Nice. Okay. Uh, the only thing I want to add is that to all the fathers, just remember to be present. And if you don't know, be intentional about seeking out the information so that you can be the best father that you possibly can be. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, for me, um, fatherhood has been <clears throat> my greatest contribution to manhood. Yeah. Mm. 100%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my children bring me joy. You know, they, they, they really do. You know, um, no matter what, no matter what the situation is, no matter what your kids did or no matter what they did not do, you know, love on those children. You know, if you want them to be successful, productive, forward-thinking, you know, citizens in, in, in this society. Because, you, you know, we live, we live in a rough world. Ooh. You know, love on your children. Teach them as much as you can, as best as you can, as often as you can. Mm-hmm. And just, just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep showing up. My perspective is simple, man. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> the young brother said it best. There is no manual. We were not given instructions, but you know what? We didn't quit. We stayed in the gap. We filled the gap, and then we sought out the advice of what we felt fathers should be. Terry Austin said, surround yourself. Exactly. With the examples of what you strive to be. You can be whatever you want to be, but you have to want to be. The young brother, again, come up with a plan. We have a plan. Mr. Wilson said it best. They bring him joy. But that joy is an example of what he envisioned life for his children should be. So be the standard bearer. Step in there, stand in there, and live in your truth. Hey. Hey, Tiff. Lastly, to all the fathers, just be a better father 
than your father was to Ooh, you. Yes. It is. And on that note, Terry, thank you so much. Today you have a <laughs> hey, today you got an event going on. We're yes. gonna take these last minutes because it be uh, absolutely. It's up, this is our 16th year celebrating fatherhood wow. at Central Park today from three to seven. To all the fathers in the community, just come out and get some food and just there'll bring your burgers family. on the grill. And yeah. also, we have a golf outing that starts at eleven. All right. Will there be burgers on the grill, Mister? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it always back. But thank you guys so much. I really wanted to celebrate you. I got you the little gifts, and you know, Thomas right. gonna kill me. Thomas, we got something special for you. No, no, no. You, you hold that. I don't need that gift. I love you so much. You know, I love you guys, and we watching you on Facebook, and we are, you know, just in awe of the amazing work that you guys do. So, well, I'm uh, flattered that you guys would even think of think of us. Yes, you got something. Anything you got coming up? And y'all want to hear me up and say anything y'all got coming up, Tito? You got something to help out? Toy gonna talk yep. about that. Point. So, <laughs> two things. <laughs> two things. We give uh, scholarships. Wilson's Image College scholarships. Mm-hmm. We give uh, scholarships to uh, children kids from north black youth from north minneapolis going to school in their first and second year look us up wic scholarship dot org second thing uh second annual live your healthy life community health event is coming up saturday august 12th happening right here on uh, west broadway in between penn avenue and logan avenue saturday august 12th noon to six I'll be at the Juneteenth event uh, Monday over in North Minneapolis, I mean, excuse me, in South Minneapolis off of uh, Lake Street in Hiawatha, uh, giving financial advice to those that need it. Again, I don't just finance people in automobiles. If you really and truly are committed to understand or want to understand how to get your financials in order, I think I'm the guy that can help you. Hey. I want to give a shout out to um, first to black fathers. Happy Father's Day. I also want to give a shout out to fathers who didn't have a father and figured it out on their own. We appreciate you. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Any feedback, go to feedback number four. Thank you. Opinions <laughs> at gmail.com. You got an idea, topic, anything. And make sure y'all check us out. We're on the billboard. We're going to be giving out an award. If you uh, tag us in it, put it on Facebook. Thank you guys so much. Happy Thank Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Day. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you ladies for having us. Appreciate you. Very good. He is my king. He is my one. Yes, he's my father. Yes, he's my son. I can talk to him because he understands. Everything I go through and everything I am is my support system. I can't live without him. The best thing since sliced bread is his kiss, his hugs, his lips, his touch. And I just want the whole world to know about my black brother. I love you and I'll never try to hurt you.